This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Check your show, we're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Checky Show. Yeah, hey, yeah, welcome to uh, beautiful Manary Lodge. Oh! Can I have your room number? Uh, I'm actually checking in, so I Never like- give anyone your room number, uh, that was a check. I- okay, good, you're the kind of person I want here. <laughs> All right. So we had some troubles, but you can, as you can see, we've reopened and uh, on a new um, property. Excellent. Slightly smaller location than the previous one. I see. And we also happen to be in Canada now, so that's oh, a, okay. a little bit of a discount. All right. Uh, that explains all the maple syrup products around yes. here. I we see. don't take AAA, but we take AAA. A. <laughs> a. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad to be here at beautiful Mount. A relodge exactly. Ah, huh? that was a good one, right? The great White North, take off, eh? Take off, eh? You hoser. Uh, do you still have the champagne bathtub? Uh, we have. Yes, that is not plural though. Like you said, it is the champagne bathtub. I see. I we see. have it. It's a uh, communal. Oh, oh uh, and it's the same size. It's a small one, so you got to sign up. Uh, and everybody can watch you in there. It's a new feature. Okay. Well, that, uh, no. No, the glass, uh, the glass shower screen. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. This no. sounds weird. Wait. I think I maybe will go back back down to uh, America and find some other Poconos resort to stay in. This is Mount Gary, not Mount Harry. Oh, Mount Gary. Lodge. Hi, I'm Gary. <laughs> hey, Gary. Well, uh, you know, uh, good luck to you, but I'm going to just... Uh, Head out. Maybe I'll take this free sample of maple syrup candy, though. You might not want to consume that Uh-oh. before driving. I see. Is it, is it uh, CBD? CB don't. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, are we done with this? Yeah, that's Excellent. everything. Thank goodbye. You. See you next time. Okay, bye-bye, Gary. Au revoir. Is it in Quebec? Uh, Toronto. I see. So it's not really a big deal. Just over the river there. I see. All right. Lake. Goodbye. Click. Uh, welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode number 103. 103 of the Middle Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals Johnny the Anti Semite and the Semitic <laughs> Arab Bob. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you know who I am. I, I, I don't, and I don't, uh, you know what? Let's not go there today. Oh, okay. Uh, today, uh, today's episode is all about the documentary, The Phenomenon. I knew this was breaking news for the front page of the New York Times. Oh my gosh. We need to accept that we are not alone in the universe. 
federal government all these years has covered up everything. It's very, very bad for our country. There had been visitation, crashed craft, material recovered. It was not anything from this earth. All I could do is keep a mouth shut. The public has a right to know. There's a tremendous resistance. I guarantee every one of them knows that this event happened. Hiding these dark secrets, even from elected presidents. They came running up here in such a panic. Child can't make that up. Declassified government documents confirm ongoing UFO incursions at nuclear weapons sites. Are you saying that there's some evidence that still hasn't seen the light of day? I'm saying most of it hasn't seen the light of day. These things are real. They're here. This is happening now. Uh, at this point, you're supposed to do some sort of a Sesame Street joke. Do, 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 do. Hey. Is that the one? That's the one. All right. Well, we've got that out of the way. Are you going to be doing that uh, throughout the podcast? I don't think so. Thank God. All right. Uh, the Phenomenon. Let me uh, just head over to Wiki here. The Phenomenon is a 2020 documentary film by ufologist James Fox. It is Fox's third film on the subject. The first two being I Know What I Saw and Out of the Blue. The film is narrated by veteran PBS narrator Peter Coyote. I like to call him Coyote. Coyote. Uh, so I watched this documentary maybe a week or so ago, and I'm not going to lie. It freaked me out, and I feel like it's a life-changing documentary. I feel like once you watch this documentary... You, there's no going back. There's no going back to how you were yesterday before you watched the documentary. So I really wanted to see what Dave's take on was it, because I'm sometimes a little bit more sensitive to things. Um, what was your take on the documentary in general? Uh, documentary in general uh, raised some interesting uh Questions, as uh, they say. Okay. Uh, what other cliche thing can I say? Uh, it was a paradox of ideas uh, against a backdrop of parallel universe. Mm -hmm. So, no, what I really am asking is for... Uh, well, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Okay. I think there's some stuff that have not been told to the public. Yeah. And I think I have no idea what to surmise. But there are possibilities that I cannot contest the possibility of. Okay. See, this is, this is the reaction of someone who refuses to watch a documentary like this. And there is a parade of legitimate uh, government workers, military, law enforcement. There is a parade of that. them. And they are all legitimate. They are all telling the truth, now, I got and a you're like, you. well, there's a possibility. There's no possibility, bro. This right. is what I'm saying. Let me ask you something. It's beyond possibility. Well, I'm going to get into some specifics. Okay. Now, the ancients have depicted flying saucers in the sky. Am I correct? That's true in, now, in uh, paintings. All right. Now, in these paintings, mm -hmm. do the flying saucers have 
little lights around the perimeter. Yeah, some of them, yeah. From the 1500s, they have lights. Yes. Because they didn't have lights in the 1500s. No, but they were able to uh, depict that. I mean, I think there's even... They depicted light bulbs in the 1500s. Well, I mean, it's a dot of light. It's not... It's, it's they're not drawing a light bulb. We don't know that the they have light bulbs. The one in modern day from 1994, they said there were little bulbs on the perimeter. Well, because they have something to. Why would they need context? little bulbs on the perimeter? Did they say bulbs or lights? What do you need little lights there for? I I see what you're saying. You're saying what I, is the what is the need for lights on a UFO? Here's what I'm saying. What's the need for a little like lead type lights around the perimeter. And did the concept of these saucers having lights just occur when we started having lights? No. Or was it in the 50s after being depicted in movies or the movies depicting what we saw on the news? Did, did the B movies with the flying saucers create the hysteria or comic books or did the hysteria create the comic books and the B movies? Okay. Which came first? Okay, so what, what what I'm telling you is that if you look at the ancient, uh, I don't want to use the word ancient, if you look at the old, from the 1400s, 1500s, yeah. the paintings, uh, you will see that they have, not only are there lights, but there are beams shooting out. Well, I see that. So there's there's no context for beams. Uh, Maybe sunbeams, yes, I guess. Yes, sunbeams. So... Uh, Maybe they were looking at sun through the clouds. There was also, I think, there was a uh, situation where there was a uh, in the in hundreds of years ago, and I think it was in Japan. It was like the day of many moons or something, yeah. or something about another moon. So that's there's no context for saucer. Well, let me ask you something. Like five or six hundred years ago, but I will say that um, not every saucer that people talk about has lights. Not everyone. I understand. Now, what about the... Uh, oh, now I've done lost my thought. What were you going to say? Uh, you, were uh, you were talking... Oh, that's oh. what I'm wondering. Now, uh -huh. previous to Roswell, 1947... Right, okay. That's were, there, we were... were there uh, space movies? Were there movies about aliens? Or did that come after that? And then I'll get to my second point of people being influenced by culture or, or other outside influences. Or is it the other way around? Because I got a slight problem with this documentary. So, yeah, no, they're, they're like Buck Rogers, uh, Flash Gordon, those things were all prior to Roswell. Right. Okay. And uh, is it fair to say that the majority of the sightings in America started around the 40s? Um, it might be fair to say that. I don't, I don't know a hundred percent, but I will say this. In the atomic age. I will say that I think after Roswell, there were more, there were more sightings because I think Roswell was such a huge deal that people then had something to tie it to what they were seeing. Well, let me skip ahead. All right. There seems to be some ir irrefutable evidence mm -hmm. that you can't refute is that a word refute yeah yeah well you can't do that to it that's why it's irrefutable yeah because the guy comes across a field full of debris 
12 football fields wide. Right. And then... You're talking about Roswell. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and I think so. And then they tried... Then they had him pose with a picture that was fake to explain it. That's now, right. that right there, you can't... Why would that... That's not made up. No, they're not making... They're not making up that this guy was posing with these people, for those photos, rather. So the government was covering up then. Yes. I don't know what they're covering up, but they're covering up something. You know, it's funny you bring up cover-up because I, uh, after I, I watched this documentary for the first time, I went on a little bit of a deep dive, and there was a 2001 uh, press club, I guess, National Press Club conference where, uh, headed by Dr. Greer, who had probably, say, 20 people out of 400 witnesses, 20 people, um, some of whom may have even been in the phenomenon, who got up and gave a brief description of what they'd seen. And out of those 20 people, I bet you at least two-thirds of them reference a deep state or a shadow government that has been hiding this information. And they're they're not all together they all have their own separate uh their own separate experience and they the majority of them mention deep state or shadow government who just hides all of this information and who's that melon guy is he related to the melons he might be he might be rich he might be a lot Uh, of rich people believe in ufos well, there might be a reason for that. I'm not sure. They said that the, the Rockefeller guy was into him. That's what I'm saying. Heir to the power and influence of one of the world's wealthiest families, Lawrence Rockefeller, philanthropist and conservationist, also had a passionate interest in UFOs. His idea was to approach the president with a plea for making available the data that the government had on the subject. Let me ask you something. Well, but can, let me ask you something. Uh-oh. Why, why would the government, why do they want to hide it so badly? I don't know. I do not know. Now, is, is it because our government is infiltrated by aliens? Like, why would you want to hide that? Unless there's nefarious things going on. I don't know. I do not know. That's what I'm saying. Unidentified flying object. Unidentified reason for hiding it. R-U-R-F. R-U-R-H-I. <laughs> it's a U-R-H-I, okay? Mm-hmm. F-H-I. I will also say that there was a gentleman at the end of the 2001 press conference. Yeah, you use that term lightly. Gentlemen? Oh, press conference. Oh. oh, sorry. It was a press conference, and he he was asked about uh, beings. So I think my, my question is actually to my question is to Clifford Stone. You, you said that you had seen aliens on a on a craft that had crashed. I wondered if you could describe what they looked like. I could. I could, but it would probably take a whole lot of time. The reason I state that, when I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. Uh, 
You have individuals that look very much like you and myself that could walk among, among us and you wouldn't even notice the difference, except for some of the things that uh, they might be able to go ahead, even in a dark room, and touch an object and go, go ahead and identify what color that object might be. They would have a heightened sense of smell, sight, uh, hearing. Uh, the uh, situation is that you have various types of what we normally call grays. We didn't call them grays in the military, but you had at least three types of the grays. You had some that were much taller than we were. Uh, the unique thing I th uh, that I'd like to point out for the most part is that the entities that we did catalog were in fact humanoid. Now this created a situation where the scientific community was trying to figure out why that would be the case. Because you would expect that if life evolved on other planets, that they would take on some type of other uh, being, so to speak. Not necessarily look humanoid or be bi bipedal such as we are. But apparently, we got quite a few of the species out there that are humanoid in appearance. And that creates a question that yet has to be answered by science. Well, I don't know about that. What do you mean? Well, I don't you know. think he's lying? Where's the proof? That's the thing. The, the government, the shadow government, the deep state, they take the proof and then they swallow it up. They take the proof. There was, they take the proof. There was that uh, one law enforcement officer who, who, remember, he saw the craft and it, it was smoking. He got out. He was smoking. No, he got out and he saw the two beings. Yeah. And then they took off. And he said that the, uh, the government came and gave him a book and told him to read it. They gave me a, a book on it, you know, and they told me to go ahead and read it. Uh, well, it, it says not to say nothing on it. Keep away from it. Don't say too much, you know. Who's that? Sal Zamuda? Whatever his name is. Zamuda? Bob Zamuda? Bob Zamuda? No, Bob Zamuda was not in... Bob's your uncle? Uh-huh. Huh? Bob Zamuda was not in any way involved in this documentary. He might be an alien. He, he could be an alien. I don't know. Bob is not an alien. Anyway, that guy who said 55 species also said, among they walk among us. All right, now that guy needs to be detained. Stop it! Oh, sorry. Well, let me ask you something. Uh-huh. I, I honestly do not believe. Now, now these school children in Africa. Yes, Zimbabwe, I think. And who knew there were so many kids in Zimbabwe? There's I thought it was just lions and water buffaloes. No, see, that's so, the there thing. such a thing as a water buffalo? I and if there are, can I go to that lodge? I think there is a thing as a water buffalo. I don't know if they're in Africa. They're definitely in the Flintstones. But they, yes. This was a, a school in Zimbabwe. In 1994, three days of sightings across Zimbabwe culminated in what some believe is the most significant close encounter in modern history. We interviewed about 64 children in front of the camera. The UFO story that happened. Just say exactly what you want to say, okay. Well, I was running and playing and then I saw this maroon color in the sky. Why don't we follow it? We saw this like a silver thing down there. It was a silver oval thing that um, flew past really slowly. I saw the bigger one and the spaceship, like four or five of them. It was red, green and yellow. There was this big ship. It had these lights, these patterns and it flew. 
I thought, no, it's not a UFO. And then I looked carefully at it, and I thought, maybe. Why would these aliens, do you think the aliens got lost? Well, that's their destiny. You know what? At all the spots on Earth, we're going to these kids in Zimbabwe. They couldn't have picked somewhere else. I mean, that's what they picked. What do they know that we don't know that's so special about Zimbabwe then? Well, I mean, it, I, I don't know. Why did they pick there? They could have picked uh, Paris, New York, no. L.A. Uh-uh. Come on, man. Why would you pick some a place that's so congested? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Why would you? Why wouldn't you? Maybe well, okay, they had, got, and uh, it went badly. All right. Now, this is just a side issue. Let okay. me get to my real point here. But do, okay. Now, these kids, uh-huh. they... All, Dozens of children. Now, these kids, you're telling me that aliens mm-hmm. are going to come down here mm-hmm. and, uh, well, what's the word? They're going to uh, land, they're communicate, gonna, uh, teach you a lesson uh-huh. and make you feel bad about the environment. That their mission is to come here and tell us to stop hurting the environment. Is it really PBS who features John Podesta and Bill Clinton? Is it really the mission? Uh, Is that their mission? To save the environment. That's what the aliens are doing. I'll tell you this. Podesta was so creepy. I couldn't. It was so That motherfucker's got vampire teeth. Dude, that guy is a creepy fucker. Let me ask you something. Let me. uh, No, let me just say. They. These are children, right? They look to be about. Maybe what between eight and ten or eleven? Yeah, and they've been told all throughout their little education there by their school principal and teachers how bad we are treating the environment, how bad the man is, how they got to get back at the man. Okay, that's not what they were saying. I'm surprised those goddamn aliens didn't have afros and peace signs. Okay, and Dave? telling them to go against the man. Dave, huh? this is what happened. All of these. Angela Davis must have been an alien. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. What is it? These children are children. Yeah. So when something landed at the side of their schoolyard and was communicating to them through some sort of telepathy, uh, they have a very limited knowledge as to as to what this thing is trying to teach them or trying to express to them. They don't know. Yeah. At Eight, nine, ten, eleven. You you don't know things that a fifty year old would know. What, so what they- perhaps they were giving them images, and that's what these kids surmised. I didn't see every person say the same thing. I literally only saw one person say something about the environment. One little girl said something about technology. So not everyone came a, a, uh, away with the same yeah. uh, oh, experience. Oh, is this a coincidence that the aliens want to control our nuclear power? Like, that's such an issue? That is kind of... Well, see, this is the other thing. This is... There's all of these instance, uh, instances of these UFOs over these missile silos turning them off or or putting them into a launch sequence and uh even that uh, we talked about uh the Rendlesham is that what it was called I think so we talked about that in our one of our last conspiracy shows yeah. that was also a, a nuclear uh something to do with nuclear arms of some sort so well it's all conceivable but I do not know well let me just say this Maybe this is more along the lines of my, you know, scripted reality, th- that we are in a scripted reality. 
And uh, not everything, that, what we think is real is not. And that could be. And these people could, this, well, this could, they, they could be, honestly, we could be a game for them. Well, you, you think if the aliens had told the kids that we need to use more power and waste more stuff, they would have aired that? I mean, yeah. I, think, I don't think so. I, why not? Cut that right out. I, well, I don't know. I don't know what they would have done or not. But I, just, I just find it odd how, how pro-environment this whole thing had to end up. I mean... The documentary has a very pro-environment, cautious tale thing to it. And I think that's just people interpreting it to politicize it in their direction. Or maybe these are these aliens have uh, the ability to go to uh, to time travel. Why maybe? would you feature Bill Clinton and John Podesta when you could have featured uh, who's the guy who visited Richard Nixon? Valiant what? Thor. Yeah, is that his name? The guy who came and disappeared, and they said you certainly are uh, perplexing, and you you really gave us a scare there at. Uh, Whatever. That was Valiant Thor. And they just, by they didn't put him in there. They put Bill Clinton in there, and they put John Podesta. But they could have put that. Well, I mean, Va- Valiant Thor is. They didn't even mention it. Okay. What? Do you want to know about Valiant um, Thor? Yes, I just like to interject. I mean, I I don't know. There's so much stuff out there about Valiant Thor, but I I believe he claimed to have been from Venus. So I think Venus is so close to the sun. That uh, people have just dismissed it, but he could have been real. He could have been a real person. I believe he was saying he was a Venusian. I'm I'm not entirely sure. The documentary spun out of out of control to the left. All right, so I'm not. I try to watch these things without a political bent because there's just so much of that going on that I just I don't care for it. I I don't have a stomach for it. I don't want everything in my life to be. Left or right. I just, I just don't want aliens telling me not to use a V8 engine. No one said that. Okay. No one. Let's just not cross the line. No one said that. Okay. These little kids got pictures in their heads and they did their best, probably based on what they were being taught. You're probably right there. And that's, and that's what they, uh, that's how they interpreted it. They could be way off. They could be way off. That's what I'm saying. It could be way off. But it doesn't but the, matter. Other stuff in the documentary with the flying saucers is right on. But that's that's what I'm saying is that their their experience with that bit, you're that's that's almost a throwaway, Dave. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter. What matters is is that we have dozens of children who, when asked to draw or asked to explain what they saw all come away with something very similar. Their stories are all the same. They were an arm's length away from a being. They all described it the same exact way. The next thing they knew, something was standing next to it. He saw him standing by the, by the silver thing, and he had big eyes. head and big black eyes and was dressed in a black bodysuit. They were wearing pure black. And I came down and I saw the funny man with his eyes here and I saw a spaceship and there were a few little ones around it. How far away were you when you saw him? 
Uh, not very far. Not very far. About a meter away. A meter away. That close. Yes. And how big was the figure? It was about as big as a grade six. To me, that's the takeaway. I, their interpretation of the message is just an interpretation. I think they were between eight and ten, it looked like. And now, they hadn't seen some space movies recently. Dave, not, not dozens of children. See, this is, this, is, this is what's very upsetting to me about not only you, but anybody who would see something like this and it wouldn't change them. You're just so dying to, saying, to dispute this. I'm saying it poses an interesting possibility. It's not just a possibility when you have tons of people with, with legitimate stories. It's not most just a possibility. People, most of the people either encountered debris or crafts in the sky, but only the kids have had contact with them. No, there was a guy in Australia, or no, in Papua New Guinea, who had uh, a two-hour um, experience with a craft with four beings on top, him and 38 other people, and they were waving back and forth for hours. So they had an experience. Papua New Guinea. The cop who got given, or the sheriff that got given that book that said, don't say anything about this, he saw two beings outside of that craft. They saw him. They made eye contact with him. I stand corrected. Yeah, you can't. Did you watch it? Or did you fall asleep halfway through? What? Uh That wasn't me. Yeah, it was you. So I just, uh, look, this, this is a big deal. And like I said, I went on a deep dive afterwards and watched that 2001 conference, which was just just 20 people in a row sharing their experience, sharing how their information was, uh, was taken and how they were told this never happened. It's, it's, and the same in this, in this documentary, there's probably a dozen or more people in this documentary giving their statements who were also their 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 evidence was confiscated some have had visual video evidence one was a one guy was an astronaut and he had visual evidence he had a, a video yeah. and they took it from him i interviewed gordon cooper uh, mercury astronaut gordon cooper back in the 90s cooper said on camera that there was a landed UFO at circa 1957 at Edwards Air Force Base. His camera crew captured the filming of this object, and he uh, presented this to the higher-ups, and eventually a courier jet came in from Washington. He handed the footage over, which was good. He viewed it. That's the last he saw. Exactly. Did you know where that footage went of the flying saucer that landed on the tarmac? Went, went to Washington. That's all that I know. Did you ever keep in touch with anybody about it or discuss it? How would I keep in touch with anybody about it? There's no way within the military or within the government of keeping track of something that is classified. I'd refute that. I, I can't believe that this this has only swayed you to it being a possibility. Well, is it, yeah, is it yeah. that you don't want to believe that it's true? Is I don't know some... what true means. What is it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Don't you think all of these... I don't know. I feel like, also, I feel like time is different for 
perhaps other species out there. So, you know, they could, this could be the long ramp up to uh, contact, you know, Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, Mars Attacks, con- First Contact. Yes. Maybe. All, all, all of these things could be just a, a little bit more, a little bit more to normalize Independence Day, to normalize the uh, what the experience is going to be. V, you know, maybe we have, look, at this point, I'm, I, I'm down to believe that there are aliens in the government, in Hollywood, who are, are swaying our, our views. Tom Green. Tom Green He's is swaying not our views. an alien. If we could just stop him, we'd be okay. I love Tom Green. I'll give him a pass then. I I don't think he's an alien. I I love him. But maybe Charlie is. Maybe his uh, beloved dog is an alien. Maybe dogs are aliens. That's my new movie. My beloved dog, the alien. You don't know. On VHS. <laughs> and then someone's saying, what's VHS? Look. And then you say, I'll show you what VHS is. Uh-huh. Come here into this room. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> what is that? I just started you know, fragmenting my words. Okay, stop doing that. Well, I, should I stop that? Okay, I don't like you. <laughs> You're not friends. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I've been, I have been watching a lot of the Observe channel on YouTube. Uh-huh. And it's basically this guy who is a uh, nonverbal communication expert. Basically, he he yeah, can. Yeah, we used to call those people deaf. Okay. He he can tell whether you're lying or not, or or whether you're uh, there's something amiss with what you're saying. And if I could tell if everyone was lying, I would be doing more with my life than just telling people we're lying. Well, he's making money from it, so there you I'd go. I'd be making money from other stuff. All right. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. You think you could do better than that? Do better than what? If you can tell when people are lying, you should be president of the motherfucking United States. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that there are people like that who are employed by the government. I wouldn't doubt that that, that you know. All right. That's probably a thing. Fair enough. So, um I mean, just because you can tell if someone's lying doesn't mean you uh are influential like you can influence people. That's a yes, whole other thing. you might be Social dud. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that this, I'm not going to say this person is a social dud, but anyway, so I've been watching his videos like back to back to back, like, uh, you know, the Jean Bonnet case and Casey Anthony and. Love him. He's a great bass player. Uh, that's, that's Casey Abrams. Oh, Casey Anthony. That's the. Anthony uh, Kumia loves her. No, yes. For reasons I won't mention. Yes. Uh, anyway. So as I'm watching this documentary, I'm looking for these tells of people lying. All right. And there's, you know, I'm I'm not an expert, uh, but just watching his stuff and, and and he's great. He will stop a tape. He will play it slowly so you can you can see the reaction that he's talking about. It's I highly recommend it. The Observe channel on YouTube. Uh, but anyway, as I'm watching this documentary, I'm looking for these tells, these <clears throat> these 
barely perceptible tells that you cannot not do. You are, unless you are ridiculous at it. Sociopath. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you'd have to be crazy, crazy. But these people are just telling their story. And as I'm looking at them, I am not seeing their, any of the contradictory facial expressions or head uh, nods that says, no, I'm, I'm full of shit. You know what I mean? So most of these, or all of these people I saw in this documentary truly believe that their experiences. Yeah, no, I don't think they would have any reason to lie, that's for sure. Yeah, and so if you have this many people telling their truth on this documentary and then this 2001 press conference, which I am going to link in the show notes because I think it's fascinating, um, who are telling similar stories. Did you just say link in the show notes? Link in the show notes. Because that is a great name for a band in Vegas. Link and the show notes? Exactly. Hey, link in the show notes coming at you. They're playing like huh? uh, cover songs from like the 50s. Exactly. Do up. Yep. Frankie Valley, that kind of stuff. All right. Well. Link in the show notes, except Link is a heroin addict, but don't tell anyone. Oh, well, that doesn't make him a bad person. No, it just makes him a little less uh, on time. I see. Well, Link, I'm sorry to Sometimes hear Sometimes you catch the show five minutes early. Oh. Link, cut that out. Uh, no encore tonight. Link no, is already left the building. No, but you know who could play Link in the movie? The guy who was all scarred up with the acne in Greece. Oh, okay. That's what I'm talking about. I liked that guy. He's got charisma, but he's got a rough uh, face. It's, you know what? He There was something so weirdly manly about him and Bad Boy that uh, I always thought he was good looking. Oh, I really was like, that's your that's your bad boy. Sometimes chicks dig a bad boy. I got to tell you, uh -huh. Judge Reinhold's on bass in the show notes. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's the bass player. That's my vision. This is going to work. Is he also like a comedic sideman? Yes, yeah, he adds a little bit of le uh, levity to the uh, heartbreak of Link. I, see. I don't know, Link does not pass away. He just pisses off all the band members and they quit eventually. I Link see. lives a long life as a miserable bastard. Uh, as a what? A miserable bastard. Oh, I see. I think I missed an S in there somehow. I thought you said mutable. He is a mutable bastard. Okay. That means don't listen to him. I see. Well, uh, God bless Link. Yeah, in Link the in show the show notes. notes. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, this video of this press conference. See, this is what Dave does when he no longer wants to talk about oh, a subject. Oh, just, you know, adding a little longevity. I mean, levity. Uh huh. Okay, wait. I need something to drink. Okay. Anyway, when Dave is no longer interested in the subject, he will either fall asleep or change the subject entirely. And I find that there's probably a lot of people out there who presented with alarming, overwhelming evidence just don't want to see the truth. And I feel like maybe that's you, Dave. Well, as they say, you cannot handle the truth. Well, you know what? This is the other thing is that a lot of people in this documentary were talking about seeing something moving so fast through the air and then making a 90-degree sharp turn. And you know where I'm going with this. Uh, somewhere that's 90 degrees from where we are right now. In, in the, somewhere in 2005, 2006, Dave and I, standing outside, oh, yes. gazing up at the stars, we saw something way up high. 
like as high as a as an airplane would be. But it was it was dark out. We live out in the middle of the woods where there are no city lights, so we get a very clear and very beautiful uh, view of the night sky. And as we were looking up, we saw something moving fast. It was lit up, right? Oh. It was lit up. That's how we saw it. And it was traveling fast. And then all of a sudden, it did that 90-degree turn and just went off into the night. And we just kind of looked at each other. And I knew what it was. And Dave Dave insists uh, that it's unidentifiable. Oh, but a shooting he star. He does, no, it was clearly not a shooting star. But he doesn't want to go there and say it was asteroid. aliens. It was not. An asteroid doesn't do that. I don't know what an asteroid is. An asteroid does its thing. It just it just moves in one. It just goes straight. Yeah. It's not a. It's it's, it's not a piloted. This was a clearly piloted thing that we saw. Can't explain it. This is it, this is infuriating. <laughs> this is. Infuriating. Why don't they make some more uh, concrete con- contact? Well, there's another that Dr. Greer, who headed up the 2001 uh, that press conference, he's just come out with a new documentary that I have not watched yet, but it is called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Contact has begun. Since 1990, a network of free thinkers and renegades have been bypassing the national security state to make direct contact with advanced extraterrestrial civilizations. Using the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind Protocols, or CE5, developed by Dr. Greer, this has proven to be the most subversive and dangerous information he has released to the public. Oh my gosh. Oh, this shit, dude. Give some of people contact has begun Uh-oh. so that is What's online the kind? uh what is the fourth kind close encounters of the third kind fourth kind fifth kind i don't know what's the second kind for god's sake what I is think, the first kind i think one is seeing the first kind is huh so i mean like seeing or hearing or oh okay so they're related to five senses oh maybe i don't know well, I don't think smelling close encounters of the smelling kind doesn't. Yeah, that was a bad. That's a bad porno movie. <laughs> that's the best. That's not the good kind. That's some sort of fetish kind. Um, but anyway, so uh, you know, perhaps they're here. Perhaps they're dogs. Perhaps they're cats. Perhaps their timeline is way different. Perhaps they're time travelers. Something is here from a, another place. That I can I can guarantee you because these people again that two thousand and one press conference. Everyone, after they gave their little speeches, said, I am willing to testify in front of Congress. And that 
back in the day, you were not you weren't allowed to lie in front of Congress. Apparently, that has changed recently. But back in the day, when you testified in front of con- uh, in Congress, you were you were you had to tell the truth. Isn't that why they impeached Nick? Uh, Nick DiPaolo? Clinton. He didn't lie in Congress. He lied somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. He did. I think it was Congress. I know. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Good, because I, I didn't either. I think that's what he said. Oh, never mind. So I let mean, me ask you something. I mean, I, th- I think honestly, I think that was the downfall. That was the beginning of oh, so you lied in front of Congress. Yeah, no, the downfall was when that motherfucker played saxophone on the Arsenio show. I loved Arsenio. You should have known he was a hack. When we came up with that shit, all right, make well, Kenny G look like a genius. Well, you know, it's somebody behind him was uh, pulling strings, and and that was so coordinated and orchestrated as far as uh, PR. It's insane. That's that's some crazy PR. There, there's a behind the scenes you'd really want to see. Anyway, um, so I'm I'm frustrated with you. I'm infuriated with you. I know. I know. How much? So, how much more evidence would you need? Um, let's get some flying saucers on the market so we can have one. Let me get. Let me get that shit. Let me ask you this. I need to drive a flying saucer. If if forty days in a row the sky was blue. Forty days in the hole. Forty days in a row. What? If forty days in a row the sky is blue. Oh, on the forty-first nice. day. No, you're not in upstate New York. That's true. What but was in, that? In on the forty-first day. Yeah. All right, Moses, relax. Would you say it was blue, or would you, or would you assume that perhaps it wasn't going to be blue? I would not assume anything until I saw it. That's See, the problem. That's your problem. That's the is that that's you? That's why I need the flying saucer. Okay, but we saw one. We literally saw one about ten or fifteen years ago. Well, not up close though. Well, no, not. Uh, what would you do if you saw one up close? I would I probably would, have a heart I would attack. Change my mind rapidly. But would you run away? What would I you do? I don't know if I would run away. That might be futile. I would hate to refute that. It's futile. So, oh, so you would, if you saw one and you felt like you were in danger, you would, you would, you well, might. We all know that when you're in danger, it's not good to run away unless you're with another human who's slower than you. I see. Okay, well... Because if you run away from a dog, they're going to pounce on you. You run away from a cat, they're going to pounce on you. Anything that's going to hurt you, you run, you're showing fear. I see. So I don't know if it's going to help to run away from a flying saucer. Okay. Now, so you would you stand your weed, ground. Oh. You might want to whip that out. I don't know that they... You never know. Mm-hmm. You just got to, you know, give them a peace sign. Little Jerry Garcia. I think we might be able to work this out. I don't know that they would understand those references. I want them to hear Jerry doing Let's Spend the Night Together by the Stones. Okay, that, that cover alone should get some peace on Earth. Oh, is that true? I've never heard it. Well, yeah, that's the problem. That's it. And you call yourself a Big Dead fan. I did? Okay. Uh, oh. Shame on me for not knowing that you didn't know that. I liked your prudence. But who doesn't? And now let me tell you something. 1980, 1983, uh-huh. I saw Jerry at the Beacon Theater. Oh. Jerry Garcia Band. Uh-huh. With Ron Tutt on drums. Who's Ron Tutt? He played for Elvis. Oh, he did? Yes. Oh, wow. He, he's also quoted as saying that Jerry Garcia was the loudest guitar player he ever played with. He's never played with Eddie Van Halen. Well, 
That's probably true, okay. but you know what? Jerry <laughs> might have been louder. Really? He was loud. Now, the dead had that thing called the wall of sound back in the 70s. The dead, or was that Phil Spector? That was the, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the wall of sound, but they had the wall of amps. Ah, okay. Okay, sorry. Anyway, uh, they did Dear Prudence at that show, and that was fucking amazing. At the Beacon? Yeah, I remember now it was about 12th row. Oh, shit. Yeah, three black background singer chicks. I think Merle Saunders was on keyboards. Really? I thought he was a, uh, is Merle Saunders, I didn't, is he a keyboardist? Yeah, I organ see. player. Organ, I see. Now, one time, I was at the bottom line. All right. And I'm sitting there grinning my ass off like a fool. Uh-huh. And Merle Saunders is on stage. Were you mush- on mushrooms or something? No, I was just high as usual. Okay. And Merle Saunders is on stage. Uh-huh. He looks directly at me in the audience. Uh-huh. And he goes, you got a beautiful smile, man. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and I was beaming. It was hysterical. And that just made me smile even more. I could see that. I could see I that. was high like a motherfucker. One time I went to the bottom line. Uh-huh. I was so high. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got to the door, and the doorman said, Man, you look fucked up. You can't come in here. <laughs> I was like, Oh, come on, man. I really want to see Dave Bromberg, man. I'm not, I just, my eyes are red. I'm cool. He's like, Oh, okay, okay. Because <laughs> oh, he saw I was coherent. Right. Oh, shit. That was 1991. That was very funny. How high were you? Just, I, mean, I was in my car. I smoked up right before I went in. They got right on line, went in, and by the time I got there, you know, shit was kicking in. <laughs> One time, Dave and I were at Disney, and we got really high. Like, I don't know. We found a spot to get really high at, and then I was just like, oh, let's go into this kid's ride. And we reeked, and parents were looking at us, and and I didn't even realize. I didn't re- And Dave's like, I don't think we should be in here right now. Yeah. <laughs> we just stunk. Oh man, that was that was our. I think that was our first time in in at Disney together. It was before we were married. Yeah, that was fucking funny. All right, so uh, I hate you right now. So you know, I have close contact with Merle Saunders. I know he existed. Okay, that's. I great. need the same kind of shit with the aliens. Is that for to have concrete proof? Okay, so you're that guy. I'm that guy. They need some actual proof. I mean, were you always like that? Yes. Have you ever changed your mind once you got proof of something? Yes. Like what? Uh, no, I've uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten uh, I've changed my mind about lots of stuff. Okay, like what? Uh, I don't know. My mind's already changed. I forgot what it was. <laughs> so, I get it. So, uh. We saw we saw a UFO, but it was not close enough. It was literally like, I don't know, I would say like 30,000 feet. It was a UFO. I don't know. I mean, we both saw it. We both had that experience together. Yeah, but I just came away thinking, I don't know what that was. It didn't prove anything to me. All right. Well, that's fine then. Um, that's the same thing with this documentary. But the thing is. There's, but there's if so many people. They all think there's flying saucers. I don't know what to tell you. It's got to be something. I mean, there are there there are. It's it's not like isolated. One person saw it. I know, and Everything these are all presented uh, honorable was, people. Yes, exactly. So I don't know how to explain that. These are people who are in the military. And I don't know why people. the government would cover up such obvious stuff. 
why would they fake those pictures? I mean, is that real or not? Did they fake it or didn't they? Oh, those Roswell pictures? Yeah. Those pictures are... are. How do you prove that they faked it with a weather balloon? Well, because the, because the guy who's in the picture said, says right there, he's on this documentary saying, they made me pose with this stuff and it's not real. It was not real. Marcel was ordered to pose with wood, foil, and rubber debris from a conventional weather balloon. All I could do is keep a mouth shut. And General Ramey is the one who told the newspapers what it was and to forget about it. It was nothing more than a weather observation balloon. Of course, which we, we both knew differently. The Air Force lied and constantly. No one, no one in the history of man has kept some of this debris. That whole 12 football fields of debris, the Army got all of it? You tell me you can't go there right now and maybe find a little piece? That's funny. I was even thinking about that last night as we were watching it. I was like, I wonder if you could just go there and walk around. And, and I mean, like something a, like a metal detector that detects metals that aren't of normal origin. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking with like a metal detector. You can go to Woodstock and find people's shoelaces from 1969. That's I can't true. find that shit. That's true. Well, it, you can find them in the woods across from the, the, the field. But I will say that there was that one French guy who... The character was based on in Close Encounters. Jacques Machacel. Valet, I think his name was. The handsome Frenchman. He was a handsome Frenchman. He had uh, debris or samples of different metals. And he brought that to Stanford. And there was something about it that was otherworldly. Well, how does anyone explain that? Or they just don't? This is the thing. I think they're normalizing it they're trying to normalize it as much as possible like hey this is other world like for the government to come out three years after these videos came out of of our air force or navy or whoever mm. flying and and targeting these 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 ships it took them years to come out and say yes these are these are true these are truly when that happened and we did do an episode on those videos when that happened to me, that was it. There's no possibility anymore. It's not well, possibility. It well, is a fact. Who's, who's These people who came out with that official statement, they're probably weren't around back in the day. They, this new generation of people who, lead, who run everything might not even know where all the evidence is. That's why all these people... This must are, be, might just be gone with history. These people are all referencing... Even Bill Clinton's brief comment that there are bureaucrats who will wait out a president. They will not tell the president everything. So there is, that's, that's the shadow government. That's the people we don't know about. The, the, uh, well, the deep state, the shadow government. They, they must change. They change and evolve to different people. Well, how do you know they're not perpetual? Well, Maybe they're not Dick human. Dies, someone else comes in. Yeah, but it's not. It's probably not someone we even know. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, they have a human lifespan. Maybe they don't. Uh, now we're getting somewhere I'm not sure about. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I can't. I can't say for sure. Maybe this adrenochrome thing is a hundred percent real, and it's what the aliens live on, and it gives them perpetual life. I don't fucking know. But you know what? I'm willing to think about it. 
And when the government comes out and says, yeah, you got us. These are, uh, these are UFOs. We don't know where the fuck they're from. And you've got a parade of people swearing, you know, at a press conference or in this documentary, you can't just be like, ah, it's a possibility. Or I can't, I can't, it no longer is just a possibility to me. This is life changing stuff. This is reality changing stuff. You have to know that this shit is out there. It's real. And now we just have to figure out what's next. What else is coming down the pike? What's happening? Why do they not want to tell us? To me, that's the next step is, is the why, why are you keeping this a secret? Why are you hiding this evidence? Why, why is there this weird shadow government that's, that has determined that we are these are the wrong questions. We're not fit to know. Uh, in Stardust Memories, uh-huh. Woody Allen, okay, he boo. talks with uh, aliens. Okay. And they tell him, he starts asking him all these questions. Okay. And their answer is, these are the wrong questions. Okay, what was the right question? I'm not sure, but I think we might be asking the wrong questions. Well, I don't know what the right question is. Perhaps. I think the right question is, is how old are you and are you related to me? <laughs> That is a terrible question, and I didn't mean to laugh because he is a disgusting human being. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Well, uh, I guess this is over since you you really don't want to talk about no, it. No, no, no. I'm open to it. You're not, Dave. I, I am too. What you, I sat here and watched you if change I was, the subject. If I wasn't open to it, I would say that these people are lying, and this is all for money. But this is clearly not the case. Nope. Let me ask you something yeah. about it. Uh-huh. The photographs of the farmer... And his wife. Yes. With a woman with a rabbit cage. Yes. Evelyn Trent was feeding her rabbits when she spotted a metallic disc-shaped object floating over their farm. She alerted her husband, Paul, to grab his camera, and he managed to get two shots. They described the object slowly hovering before it abruptly sped away. Life magazine picked up the story and the McMinnville UFO became a global sensation. There's no chance of this being weather. There's no chance of this being a star or an aircraft. This is either some kind of structured object that we don't know what it is, or it's a hoax. Paul Trent and his wife, they were honest, simple, hardworking people who never made a dime off the photographs that they took. They never tried to make a dime off of it. It just come up like that and then it tipped and just, I mean, really went. It went fast. I've never seen anything go so fast in my life as that thing went. Well, has that been proven to be a fake photo? Or what do official people say about the photo? No, it's, no. So what is that in the sky there? It is a flying saucer. Why isn't that enough to convince people? You tell me. You're not convinced. I'm convinced. Well, I'm not convinced because people aren't convinced. They've already said who that. Who are these I don't people? Know. Huh? The people who aren't convinced are not convinced because they are trying to convince you not to be convinced. It's, so they explained that away as being something other than what it is? Yeah. Yes. It's it's just the dude. What do they the, think it is? They do it all the time. They do it with everything. What does anyone think that that particular photo is? I think that people either think it is what it is or people want to shit on it and say it's something else so they put doubt in your mind. Well, what the hell is it? It's a fucking flying saucer, bro. Well, the, 
It is or it isn't. It I is. Mean, it is. That guy took a picture with his camera. He took two pictures, and uh, that's look, it. This this documentary should be called Refutable? Question mark. It's not refutable. It should not be called that. Look, I you, I think you. This is the thing, and I th- I think you're not alone. You want to focus on the weird shit. Uh, I like you know, to like focus those on little, the wrong questions. You do because I think the the truth of it is is it's kind of enormous. That's what she said. No, but seriously, folks. I don't know who she is. Is this thing on? God bless her. Dolly Parton. Is that you? Okay, I don't know. Other jokes that, that kind of make sense. No, none of them. Two do. men walk into a bar. Uh-huh. Okay. A duck, duck walks into a bar. Uh huh. They put it on my bill. Oh. Okay. Oh boy. Uh huh. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Let's just end it. Let's just end it here. What would you give the documentary on a scale from one to Two ten? Two aliens and a Hasidic Jew walk into a bar. Oh. One says, put it on my bill. Uh-huh. You can guess who that was. Not the Hasidic Jew. Thank you. Today's racism. Cut this part out. Do you not want to do the show anymore? I do it. We're doing good. Who's no. all right? Cut this part out. <laughs> How many times can we cut it all out? All right. So, uh, scale from one to ten, what would you give this? Uh, if we're asking if that man looks a lot like Kevin Spacey, I would say a ten. The documentary. I would give the documentary uh, an uh, an eight. No, an eight. Okay, an eight out of ten. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm taking off the two points because if it's left-leaning nonsense. Uh, again, I just I dismiss that because I just I, it doesn't matter to me. I, I'm really interested in these people's individual stories. Uh, anyway, the Rotten Tomatoes, the the reviewers, yeah, give it an 88 percent. All right, so I'm like a bad reviewer. And the audience gives it a 93 percent. Holy cow! I would give it a 10 out of 10. I, I appreciate that they even put it together. Uh, it's it's well-researched. I'm glad that they went back. I mean, they went back to that school in Zimbabwe. This, the sighting was in 94. It's not like it was way back when. Right. So the sighting was in 94 where all these children uh, had this experience with a craft and a being. And they went back and and got some of the kids to come back to talk about their experience. For the first time in nearly 20 years, the aerial school children gathered from the four corners of the world to talk to each other about the experience they shared that September morning. I remember something there. One they all still struggle to understand. You know that it's moving, but you... I stand by what I saw. There was no reason for any of us to make that up. I've not spoken to anybody about it. Not because I'm not proud of it, but because I don't want the the stigma. So it's something that I've had to deal with for 19 and a half years. It's kind of fascinating. And they they draw pictures, they re- they remember it very vividly and a couple of the people that came back uh who are adults now 
you could see they even grabbed their chest because they're, they're, they have that feeling from that day. Like it comes back and the one guy's like even scared to be there uh, because it was such a, a huge thing. And the, the teachers weren't there. The, it was the kids were there at recess when this happened. After the thing took off, they ran in to tell their teachers and none of the teachers believed them. That must have really sucked. I know as a little kid, if you're not believed just because you're a little kid, that's something shitty. I know that happened to you when you were little too. So, uh, But when you have dozens of children, one girl said she was a meter away from this being. A meter. That's amazing. Amazing. So uh, God bless them, I say. Honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm just... Documentary left or right leaning, I think it's really well done. I think it's very eye-opening and it is irrefutable. And I, I guess I'm, I don't understand when people can still be skeptical. I mean, I say, yeah, be skeptical about ghosts. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I get it. There's, a, there's so many ghost shows out there and the evidence is scant every time. The only one I trust is Ghost Brothers. I love the Ghost Brothers. I love them. I do love the Ghost Brothers. I love all the ghost shows. There's not a ghost show I won't watch. I want to have a combo. Ghost Brothers meets the psychic of Long Island. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's her name again? The Long, Long Island, Island Psychic. psychic. Not SylviaBrown.com. Oh, Sylvia Brown has passed away. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, I forget the lady's name, the Long Island Psychic, but uh, that would be great. Actually, the Ghost Brothers and her... I think that would be fucking hilarious because they're all hilarious. Exactly. I, there's not very many funny ghost shows. The Ghost Brothers are are funny, and that's I think one of the reasons I like them so much. But if they brought that chick in, holy shit! Because they're just her personality. She's so out there. She's so boisterous and it, Long Island medium. She's very Italian Long Island. I I have said it before. I love that. I love the Italian Long Island, Italian New York, loud. Uh, I love it. I love it. It feels like home to me. And do you consider Virginia East Coast? I I guess I do consider Virginia East Coast it's because not it's the South. It's on the well. The East Coast is all everything, right? So so the Southeast East Coast is East Coast. It's all East Coast, and then there's the Southeast Coast. Yes. But when you think of the East Coast, you don't think of Florida, do you? I guess if you're in Florida, you do. Maybe we're because we're from Jersey and New York, that's the way we think of East Coast. But it could be that people in Georgia think of themselves as East Coast. We just aren't. We're not from there, so we don't know. Northeast Coast. Northeast Coast. Well, that's getting a little bit more specific, but. Hmm. I mean, Eastern Time Zone, right? We're all together on this. Well, I mean, up in. Maine, Vermont. Up in up in the West Coast, they have the Northwest Coast, Northwestern Coast. I think they just call it the Northwest. Oh. I think it's all West Coast, and then they just call it the Northwest. God damn them. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, okay. Now, uh, what do you think more likely, uh-huh. Bigfoot or space aliens, or I, is Bigfoot a space alien? Well, okay, it could be that, but a I, there's. 
these people are so, these people are so credible. They're, so there's more credible witnesses for this than there is Bigfoot. I would say at this point, yes. In terms I of their standing in society. Yeah, I haven't seen... Military officials talking about Bigfoot. Exactly. I haven't seen a ton of that. I've seen hunters. I've seen people who, uh, you know, may have seen something. I don't know. I There might be a Bigfoot, but this, I think... See, this is the other thing. There might be just misinformation about a whole bunch of other things yeah. to to lump in people who believe in aliens. Why can't we fly over Antarctica? Well, I don't even know that we can't. I, people say we can't, but I don't know that that's true. I don't know that that's true. I don't know. I don't, you know, what? I, I do know that we are purposely not told a lot of things. And so then I have to wonder, what else are we not told? What else is there that none of us have any clue about. Why does Terrence Howard always have ice cream in the scene? There, there might be something to that. Is he an alien? Is that, or is that a part of his rider? I think the man likes ice cream. I think that's it. Wow. That's my bumper sticker. The man likes ice cream. There you go. You can determine who the man is. The man is Terrence Howard, apparently. <laughs> so this has been our 103rd episode of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast. If you have a desire to listen to the other 102 episodes, feel free to head over to macpodcast.com where you can uh, listen, search all of the episodes. We have some broken down into uh, categories, like if we're talking about music or we're talking about movies or we're talking about conspiracies. So you can hone in on your favorite topics. And we also have MacRadio.com. Uh, last week I put out a call, or maybe it was it last week or the week before, I put out a call for people to, if you're indie music, if you want us to add you to our radio station, just send me the song at uh, middleagecoolkids at gmail.com. And we got a song. What is it? We got sent a song from a band called Accurate Void. Okay, wait, from the band? From the band themselves. Nice. They're a metal band, I think from Portugal? Oh, killer. Yeah. And I was like, okay, definitely. And I added it to our playlist. Um, it's, it's just randomly shuffled in there, but... It's in there. So if you... They don't worship the devil, do they? I don't think so, but they are like a... I think they are a metal band. That's fine. Let's not, let's not cross the line. I don't think they're crossing the line. I don't think that's what's happening. Excellent. Accurate Void. Let me just make that's sure. That's a good name. That's what I thought. So if you have a song, send it our way. Or if you're a stand-up comic. Or if anything, if you have something you want us to include in our radio station... We're open. We are open to it. We're out there to just make our station fun and interesting. And uh, we'd love to include you in on that. All right. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, that, that should do it. What? <laughs> no, that should do it. Oh, okay. All right. So we will see you next time, America. Thank you, Bye, Nancy. Bye.